It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 59 of the old radio comedy podcast, where we celebrate the classic comedy shows from the golden age of radio. I'm Greg Fordyce. I hope everyone has had a good week so far, and you're all looking forward to the weekend. I don't know about you, but with all the chaos and uncertainty going on in the world right now, I need all the laughs I can get. Plus, I've had a personal tragedy in my life recently, so listening to a good comedy show helps drive the blues away. Today, we're bringing you the April 11th, 1946 broadcast of The Burns and Allen Show, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen, his wife. The show ran from 1934 to 1950, and it was inducted into the National Radio Hall of Fame in 1994. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. We'll bring you the broadcast right after this brief message. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello. Come right in. Oh, George, we've got company. And now, meet the people who live in the Burns house, George and Gracie. As we look in at the Burns house today, we find Gracie at the front door being greeted by an old friend. Good morning, Mrs. Burns. Oh, hello, Mr. Postman. How are you feeling this morning? As always, Mrs. Burns, incredibly superb. Not much mail today. Just this magazine your husband gets every week. Oh, cowboy love tales. Those silly stories about Oklahoma Tech. How can he read such trash? Well, I must confess, I, too, read Cowboy Love Tales, Mrs. Burns. It has a tremendous appeal for every virile, red-blooded (laughs) he-man. Though what your husband sees in it, I can't say. Oh, you actually enjoy Cowboy Love Tales, Mr. Postman? Oh, yes. It gives me great joy and a bad shock now and then. What joy to read of Oklahoma, Texas, sweetheart Lucy, the beautiful school marm. Her eyes of cornflower blue, her luscious red lips, her hair like wild honey. Well, where does the shock come in? When I look up and see that thing I married. (laughs) Well, I tell you, I'm surprised your wife lets you read just like that. She doesn't like it. She caught me reading it the other day and tried to stop me. I stuck my tongue out at her. Oh, you shouldn't have stuck your tongue out. It always comes out when she's choking me. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like choking George for reading Cowboy Love Tales. It's changed his whole life. 
He talks like a cowboy. He acts like a cowboy. I've noticed he even walks like a cowboy <laughs> with his legs bowed. Oh, well, well, that he did before he read the magazine. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, well, I think I hear him stirring around in there, Mr. Postman. I'd better say goodbye. Well, goodbye, Mrs. Burns. Remember, keep smiling. <laughs> oh, good morning, George. Morning, my little heifer. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> when I wake up, uh, I seen you wasn't in the bunkhouse. So I came ambling to the corral looking for you. Oh, George, please stop that silly cowboy talk. It's become very embarrassing to me. Embarrassing? Well, yes. I asked you to call a beauty shop the other day and make an appointment for me. And what did you say to Pierre? Uh, get your heating iron ready, Frenchie. My little doggies are coming in to get clipped and cold. Well? And I was mortified when you spoke to the head waiter at Ciro's last night. How come? George, you do not refer to Ciro's as the chuck wagon where your vipples get hit. I like that western talk. Well, I oh, don't. I don't like it. It's bad enough to call Cyril's a chuck wagon, but please stop referring to me as old paint. <laughs> That's a term of endearment, gal. Oh, George. I'm trying to get into Mrs. Randolph's exclusive literary society. I haven't a chance that she finds out my husband reads cowboy love tales. I enjoy cowboy love tales. But there are so many fine things to read. Shakespeare, Dickens, Beethoven. <laughs> I don't care much for Beethoven. Give me a good mystery writer like Irving Berlin. Well, believe me, I didn't think I'd like the classics either at first. But now I've studied Shakespeare until I practically know it by heart. Really? Oh, sure, and you can too. There's a book right here in our library called The Complete Works of the... Uh, uh, what's his first name again? William. Oh, yes, William, William Shakespeare. William <laughs> Shakespeare and those guys are for sissies. Us virile, red-blooded he-men don't want stuff like that. Well, do you consider Bill Goodwin a virile, red-blooded he-man? Oh, well, sure. Well, he just drove up in his car. And in a minute, you'll see how much fine literature has done for him. Bill? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gotten Bill so interested in the classics, he's given up women. Oh, stop. <laughs> I mean it, George. He, he doesn't whistle at girls anymore. He, he just whistles at books. He whistles at books? You should have heard him when he read Forever Amber. <laughs> well, I don't believe that Bill has given up girls for literature. Well, here he comes. Back. Okay, I will. Back, folks. Hello, Bill. Bill, I'd like that. Not now, George. I'm in a hurry. Gracie, where's your big volume of Shakespeare? Oh, right here, Bill. Thanks, Gracie. I'll take it in the den. See you later. Well, I'm son of a gun. Oh, I told you so. Fine literature has helped Bill. And it could help you. Oh. Well, now, suppose a little bobolink would to perch on our windowsill and sing. Now, if you are familiar with the classics, you could quote to him from William Cullen Bryant's famous poem, Robert of Lincoln. How does it go? Bobolink, bobolink, stink, stank, stink. Uh, that's a classic? Sure. Spink, spank, spink. <laughs> From that, Brian made a living? <laughs> Certainly. Well, he could have cleaned up with a thing like Robin, Robin, Sispum, Bobbin. <laughs> and, of course, quail, quail, shoot me in the tail. <laughs> I'm 
that, the man could retire. Oh, not at all. Stop Spank, spank, spank. Oh, Gracie, uh, can I take your copy of Plato in the Den? Oh, sure, here it is, Bill. Thank you. Shakespeare and Plato, too. Isn't that wonderful? Now, if you take an interest in literature, think of the inspiring talks about books that we could have together. I'd rather not. Oh, but they'd be so fascinating. Come on, let's try one now. Gracie. George, have you read Vanity Fair by William Makepeace Thackeray? No. Have you? No. <laughs> now, you see how we could while away the hours? Yeah, must have more of these talks. <laughs> oh, look, here comes Meredith Wilson. Now, he's another reason why I want you to give up cowboy love tales. What do you mean? Well, he looks upon you as his hero. If he discovers that you read it, he'll want to read it. And, George, we don't want Meredith to start that cowboy talk. Think how silly he sounds saying something like... Well, slap a saddle on me and call me an ornery maverick if it ain't the Burns of Stallion and Philly. Oh, <laughs> How are you this morning, my little filly? And how's your wife? <laughs> Gracie's the filly, Meredith, not me. Really? Really. Yeah, and I'll thank both of you to stop referring to me as a horse. It's beginning to affect me. <laughs> Yesterday, I shied away from a car. Meredith? Yes, partner? Gracie thinks this cowboy stuff is bad for you. But I find it most enjoyable, particularly as portrayed on the screen by such excellent rooters and tutors as Gene Autry. Cowboy movies, too? Yeah. I saw a ringtailed dandy just yesterday. It was called The Outlaw. Oh, no. <laughs> However, the audience puzzled me. They stopped and whistled when there were no cowboys visible. Only a young woman named Jane Russell. <laughs> That's all, huh? Sure. What were they whistling about? She wasn't shooting anybody. <laughs> Meredith, Jane Russell was the star of the picture. Really? Well, I must confess, she didn't impress me. No? No. What's she got that Jean Autry hasn't got? <laughs> <laughs> the makings of a great cowboy. Well, thanks, partner. Well, I reckon I'll be a moseying along. Well, goodbye, Meredith. Yippee. And a happy evening to you, too. Oh, George, you should be ashamed of yourself. Meredith might have become a cultured, refined lover of the classics like Bill Goodwin. But no, you turned him into... Quick, Gracie, hand me that big volume of Charles Dickens. Oh, of course, Bill. Now, wait a minute. How can you read all those books at the same time? Who's reading them? The dame next door is taking a sunbath. I'm standing on him so I can see it. thought so. Well, sure. Every time she moves, I have to get another book. Oh, Bill. explains it, Jen. I'm so disappointed in you. You said you were giving up girls for good books. Well, I tried, Gracie. Honest, I did. After you talked to me, I broke all my dates and went right to the library to see if the librarian had anything worthwhile. Did she have anything? Yeah, that's what got my mind off books. (laughs) But not for long, Gracie. One look at Milton and I forgot her. Oh, good. John Milton? No, Milton Davis, her husband. Oh, Bill, didn't you try reading at all? Well, sure, Gracie, but everything I read reminded me of a girl. First, I tried Longfellow's Hiawatha by the shores of Gitchigumi. Gitchigumi was as far as I got. Oh, that <laughs> reminded you of a girl? Yeah, a redhead in Pasadena. She's always chucking me under the chin and saying, Gitchy, Gitchy. How about Gumi? She changes that to Gimme. Hey, gimme, Gimme! <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Randolph, 
Randolph wanted you to come to her literary club meeting. You're supposed to give a report on Jane Eyre. How can I give a report on her? I was never out with the dame. Oh, oh, men are so disgusting. Where would the world of literature be without women? Women like Elizabeth Barrett Browning and Francis Bacon. Bacon was a man. Oh, I might have known it. Anything that close to ham. <laughs> but I could name plenty of other women writers. There's a... Uh, uh, the, the, the Gypsy Rose Lee. Oh, yes. Yeah, she wrote a classic. Yeah, well, at least she wrote. Name one man strip teaser who's written a book. <laughs> Sidney Newman. Oh. Very good. George, give up cowboy love tales. Try the classic. Now, here, I'll just open this book of famous poems and read you a bit. Uh, no. Now, listen to this. Hail to thee, blithe spirit, bird thou never wert. What does that mean? Oh, George, how can you be so ignorant? Didn't you see that picture, Black Spirit? Yes. All right. Hail to thee, Black Spirit, bird thou never wert. In other words, the picture wasn't a turkey. <laughs> no. Yes. And here's another classic. Well, never mind. One classic a day, I Georgia, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra. you rehearse that song you're playing, I couldn't help thinking how music naturally conjures up definite pictures. Well, that's certainly true, Bill, except that I think this song about Georgia must call up a lot of different picture impressions. For instance, they're not only the rolling fields of cotton and tobacco and the famous Georgia peach orchards, but there's the seacoast with its own salty sun-bleached charm. Yes, then there are the Pine Ridge Mountains, too. You know, as all the old shaded roads wind from one contrasting section of the state to another, they carry memories of a past rich in history. No wonder Georgia is so well-loved a part of our American scene. I'm so excited Mrs. Randolph is coming over to see if I qualify for her literary club. 
She is, huh? Mm-hmm. Help me scatter these books around. I want the house to look very cultural when she gets here. Okay. Where do these go? Oh, now, uh, put that book on philosophy there on the table. Yeah. And the ethics book on the top of the piano. Okay. And this volume on geopolitics here. Well, Mrs. Rand- uh, Randolph uh, may not go for stuff like this. Some of it's pretty heavy. Oh, that's all right. So is some of Mrs. Randolph. <laughs> I see. This whole set of Dickens goes on the table, too. Uh, oh, no, no. You better take the tale of two cities out. That might be out of place in the California home. What? Well, I haven't read it, and one of the cities might be in Florida. <laughs> yeah, we can't be too careful about that. Oh, and did you notice the three statues of the famous authors I bought? Yeah. Who are they? Well, that one's Keith, and that one's Shelley, and that one's Venus de Milo. What did she write? Nothing, nothing. But I, I couldn't find a statue of Shakespeare, so I'll just paint a beard on her, and Mrs. Randolph won't know the difference. <laughs> Believe me, she'll know the difference. Oh, forehead's too low. Yeah, huh? low forehead, yes. <laughs> well, and anyway. really potted his hair on yes. the side. Oh, oh, look, there's Mrs. Randolph driving up. Quick, George, out the back way. I don't want you confusing her with that cowboy talk. Confusing her? Yes. If I introduced her, you'd probably say, Put a bar, old critter. The old critter wouldn't know why to put what. <laughs> okay, I'll go down to the drugstore. Come in. Oh, good afternoon, Mrs. Burns. I'm afraid I'm a wee bit late for our appointment. Oh, really, Mrs. Randolph? I hadn't noticed. Uh, time passes so quickly when one has one's book. Uh, how true. I'll wager you've had your nose in a book all day. Oh, yes. I always took it out once or twice to powder it. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, my dear, what joy. What rapture is to be found in literature. Shakespeare's classic romances, Romeo and Juliet, Othello and Desdemona. Yes, and that other sweet couple, Mac and Beth. Mrs. <laughs> is one does not separate Mac and Beth. Oh, I wouldn't think of it. They're crazy about each other. <laughs> you say such amusing things. <laughs> I do? <laughs> oh, I see you have some French literature. Isn't this book Les Miserables? No, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> uh, Les Miserables is the title. It was written by Hugo. Hugo? Victor. Oh, Hugo Victor. Yes, he's very good. <laughs> uh, the name is Victor Hugo. <laughs> of course, there are so many splendid writers. But of them all, my favorite is the inspired Scotch poet who wrote to a field mouse. <laughs> he wrote to a field mouse? Yes. Well, I hope he wasn't silly enough to expect an after. <laughs> my dear... Surely, even in jest, you wouldn't claim so little knowledge of the works of Robert Burns. Who? The incomparable Robert Burns. Oh, oh, him. Well, really, my dear, I can hardly consider you for membership in my literary club if you're so unfamiliar with the immortal Robert Burns. Well, uh, you see, Mrs. Randolph, I pretended not to know about Robert Burns because one doesn't boast about one's own family. You... You mean... Mm-hmm. My husband is George Burns, the great-grandson of Robert Burns. <laughs> no. Yes. Robert Burns? Yes. The Scotch poet? I. 
I had no idea your husband was Scott. Oh, really? Well, you should go out with him sometime. <laughs> Why, this is most thrilling, Mrs. Burns. Oh, well, now can I join your club, Mrs. Randolph? Oh, I shall be delighted to welcome you to my fold. Come in. Hello, Gracie. I just dropped... Oh, Mrs. Randolph. How are you? Oh, how do you do, Mr. Goodwin? Well, what are you girls so happy about? You're fairly beaming, Mrs. Randolph. Oh, I've had a most pleasant surprise, Mr. Goodwin. No, really? Yes. I just discovered Mr. Burns is scotch. <laughs> well, you better hurry and drink it up before he gets home. <laughs> I think you misunderstood me. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about Bill joining your literary society, Mrs. Randolph. Oh, well, I'm sure you would enjoy it, Mr. Goodman. I have quite a large food. So I see. Why don't you exercise? <laughs> I'm never. Well, you should. I'll see you later, girl. Well, really, Mrs. Burns, if that is the caliber of your pen, I don't see how I can make you a member uh, of... Uh, the... uh, Mrs. Randolph, you seem to have forgotten that my husband is a direct descendant of your favorite Scotch poet, Robert Burns. Oh, oh, so I did. Oh, Isabel, you foolish girl. Oh, do forgive me, Mrs. Burns. Oh, please tell me all about your husband. When did you meet him? Oh, in Scotland. Oh, I shall never forget it. It's, um, it was spring on the Robert Burns estate. The Panatellas were in bloom. <laughs> Suddenly, I saw him walking down the path toward me, dressed in kilts and smoking a bagpipe. I was a little confused. Oh, probably. I was so excited when he spoke to me. He said, Well, Lassie, isn't it a broad brick moonlit next to Nick? <laughs> well, I tried my best to reply in his native tongue. Oh, and what did you say? I said, Yes, it's certainly it. <laughs> How perfectly adorable. Then what happened? Oh, then we got to talking, one thing led to another, and finally he invited me to his barn for a cup of heather. <laughs> the family insisted that I stay for the weekend. Oh, and of course you followed the old Scottish custom and went grouse shooting. Oh, of course. I shot 11 grouse. <laughs> oh, that's such a charming romance. Uh, when did you sail for America? Oh, early the following month. We sailed from the 1st to the 4th on the 5th. <laughs> or maybe it was the 5th to the 4th and the 1st. I forget exactly. Oh, what a divine story. Oh, well, I hope you'd like it. <laughs> I'm dying to meet your husband. I simply adore to see him in kill. Oh, you'll be thrilled, Mrs. Randolph. You know, he has perfectly gorgeous knees. There's the, the cutest little dimples in them. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, excuse me, Mrs. Randolph. There's someone on the phone in the den. I'll be right back. Where is the This is your lucky day. Wait till the girls hear that you've been in the home of Robert Burns' great grandson. And you may even get to see him in his kills. Oh, hello. You're Mrs. Randolph, aren't you? Yes. And you must be George Burns. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm so disappointed you've got pants on. You are? Oh, yes. Oh, I, I suppose you wear them because you don't want to be ostentatious. Yeah. I don't want to be arrested either. <laughs> But here in the privacy of your own home, couldn't you discard them? Hmm? Well, I, I'd so love to see you in your plaid. Uh, they're in the laundry. I'm wearing the ones with the polka dots today. <laughs> For a descendant of Robert Burns. Descendant of who? Didn't your great-grandfather write coming through the rye? He couldn't even write when he was sober. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, anyway. Oh, I'm sorry you've been to... Uh-oh. Oh, hello, George. <laughs> I, uh, didn't tell you were a uh, whom. Uh, hi. Uh, hey, hey. Okay, okay. Yes. Never mind, Mrs. Burns. It's quite obvious that your husband's great-grandfather was not Robert Burns, the poet. Of course not. My great-grandfather was Max Burns, a fish peddler. <laughs> and my cowboy love tales, I'd like to go in the den and read. Cowboy love tales? Mrs. Burns, does your husband read that childish drivel? Well, yes. Yes, I have to confess, Mrs. Randolph, that I'm... So ashamed of him. Well, you should be. It must be unutterable trash. Oh, it is. I don't see how any grown person could read. Now, just listen to this. Now, Gracie. Oklahoma, Texas, back slowly toward the edge of the cliff. Hank the half-breed aimed his rifle at Texas Hard. His tobacco-stained fangs bared in a vicious snarl. Surely this time Tex was doomed. Yes, see, Mr. Randolph. Well, don't stop there. What happened to you? <laughs> oh, oh, I'd like to know myself. Give me my magazine. Oklahoma takes glance to the right. A den of listening rattlesnakes barred his escape. He glanced to the left. Ten thousand savage Indians stood between him and Satan. Ooh. Girls, I want my magazine. Oh, go read Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that broadcast of the Burns and Allen Show from April 11th, 1946. They were a great comedy team. Be sure to visit us at anchor.fm slash oldradiocomedypodcast or tap the link in the show's description page and make a suggestion for a future episode. Also, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast app if you're enjoying the podcast. I really appreciate it. Everybody take care and stay safe. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Yay!